Hello, good morning. This is Tony with an I, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. Our topic for today is God is redeeming the time. But before we get into the word, as always, we are going to start off with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we just want to exalt you. We want to thank you. We want to worship you. We want to tell you how much we love you. We appreciate you. We trust your plan for our lives. We thank you, Father God, that this day we have life. We thank you for every minute, for every second, for every day, every year. Where time is concerned, we know that this is a gift that you have given to us. And we want you to know that we truly appreciate everything you do. And it is because of that, that today we come before you with excitement and with joy, just to say, Abba Father, thank you. We ask you this day, not just to guide this podcast, but to guide our lives and the time that you have given us from this day henceforth. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Well, guys, once again, thank you for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. My name is Tony with an I, and I am your host. And today, the word once again is God is redeeming the time. Now, as we go through the word today, I'm going to go through point by point because when I originally got this word, this is exactly how the word was given to me. So the first thing I heard when I had this discussion or this conversation with the Lord was be still and follow my instructions. Now, of course, the first thing I did was I jumped to the scripture, be still and know that I am God, for it is a scripture that we know or we've heard so many times. So I went to dig for that scripture and to see exactly what being still looks like. So that scripture comes to us from Psalms 46 and verse 10, and it reads, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. Among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. Now, we're just going to break this down a little bit. What exactly does be still even look like? So, of course, picked up my handy dandy concordance and it says be still actually means to relax or to let go. Now, one of the biggest issues we tend to have when it comes on to our relationship with God is letting go of control. So when the word says to be still and it tells us to let go, this simply means there are some things, especially control. And I know that is the hardest thing for me. It was one of the hardest things for me as I started my journey with God, because I typically would let go of the things that I felt I could trust God with this because it's easy, right? But then the bigger things, the bigger issues, the ones that I felt that if I didn't do something, nothing would get done. I would start off giving God control and in no time I was back on top of it again. One really simple thing that I just want to share here is I remember when I just rededicated my life to God and 
I, I've always wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be a wife and a mother before I understood what being a wife and a mother meant. So I remember I said, God, I want to be married. And I started praying for my husband and I would pray and pray and pray hardcore. And let me just tell you, I haven't met my husband yet, but he is prayed up because I have been praying for him. But I would pray for this man and then I would get off of my knees and I would say, God, I give you control. Whatever you want to do, I'm going to let you do it. And then what would happen within maybe, I want to say a week, if it even got that long, I was at it again, asking a friend, asking a stranger maybe, hey, do you know any single friends? Or I'm on the website and I'm like, maybe I should try a dating app. I was always afraid of that, but I would try probably once or twice and I would jump and I would start doing something and I would get so eager to get this thing underway because I had to meet him and I had to meet him now. And then as time progressed and I started recognizing what I was doing, I would listen to sermons or I would read the word and I would recognize that I struggled with control issues. I never knew that about myself because I never acknowledged that that was a problem. And the biggest issue with my control problems was that it was intervening into my relationship with the almighty God. So once again, When we look at be still, I have learned over the years what be still means. I have learned to let go of control. And don't get me wrong, there are still moments where I slip up and I have to repent and ask God to help me even with that area that I may struggle. But my encouragement to you today as we go through this word is to learn to be still, to relax, to let go You have to trust God in order to be able to relax and let go. Then it says here, I will be exalted and not I, Tony, but the Lord God Almighty will be exalted through the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. The word exalted simply means to rise up up. He will be raised up as Lord of all and King of Kings throughout the earth. There is no power or authority that is higher or greater than the Lord God Almighty. And he is saying in this scripture that he will be raised up to his rightful place because we know there's so many people right now who do not trust, who do not even believe in the Lord, but he wants wants us to know that he will. We know the scripture says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. So even for the one right now who believes that God is not God of all, Lord of all, King of kings, there will be a time where they will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So from our first scripture today, that is Psalm 46, verse 10, we learn that we are to relax, that is being still, and let go and allow God to have control over every area of our life, not just the ones we think he can control, but every area for he has the authority to control every single area of your life because he is the Lord. What can he not do? We are mere humans. What we think we have power and authority over, 
we're clueless. We have absolutely no idea. Then we also learn once again that he will be exalted in the earth, not just in your life, not just in my life, not in your city, not in your school, not just in your church, in the the place that you worship, the building, but he will be exalted in all the earth, the earth and the fullness thereof. Everything was created by the almighty God and he will be exalted over all things. Now we move on to our second point. And that second point is, for I know the plans I have for you. And that is Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. And it reads, for I know the plans and thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for peace and well-being not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. We're going to put Psalm 46 and Jeremiah 29 together. And we're going to put it in layman terms. And here is what it's, it reads. For I know the plans I have towards you and my thoughts towards you, says the Lord. They are plans for peace and for well-being, not for disaster, to ensure that everything will work together for your good. So relax, let go, allow me rule, reign and dominion over your life for I will be exalted in your life and throughout the earth. Now we're going to move on to our third point. That third point is when God redeems the time, favor is upon you. And so that we can have a look at what favor looks like and what it looks like when God redeems the time, we're going to read the story of Hannah. So we're going to read 1 Samuel 1 verse 1 to 20. And then we're also going to read 1 Samuel 2 verse 20 to verse 21. We start off with 1 Samuel 1, verse 1 to 20, and it reads, There was a certain man of the hill country of Ephraim named Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives, one named Hannah and the other named Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. This man went up from his city each year to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh. Hapni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions of the sacrifice meat to Peninnah his wife and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion because he loved Hannah, but the Lord had given her no children. Hannah's rival, which we know is Peninnah, provoked her bitterly to irritate and embarrass her because the Lord had left her childless. So it happened year after year. When she went up to the house of the Lord, Peninnah provoked her So she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you cry and why do you not eat? Why are you so sad and discontent? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah got up after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. 
Hannah was greatly distressed and she prayed to the Lord and she wept in anguish. She made a vow saying, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. A razor shall never touch his head. Now it happened as she was continuing to pray before the Lord that Eli was watching her mouth. But Anna, Hannah sorry, was speaking in her heart. Only her lips were moving and her voice was not heard. So Eli thought she must be drunk. Eli said to her, How long will you make yourself a drunk? Get rid of your wine. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman with a despairing spirit. I have not been drinking wine or any intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your maidservant as a wicked and worthless woman, for I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation. Then Eli said, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. Hannah said, Let your maidservant find grace and favor in your sight. So the woman went on her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. The family got up early the next morning, worshipped before the Lord, and returned to their home in Ramah. Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Now, if we go back to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah just for a moment, if you remember, there was a time where the men wanted to get to know the angels of the Lord. The word know here means that there was a sexual encounter between the two. So we see that Elkanah and Hannah, as husband and wife, had a sexual encounter, and the word says the Lord remembered her. It came about in due time after Hannah had conceived that she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now, I am just so excited for Hannah here. Like, I mean, I know the story happened so long ago, but I feel like it's happening every time I read it again. I cannot imagine what it must have felt like. Her husband could easily have said to her, why is it that you are so distressed and dismayed? I love you. Am I not more than 10 sons? Easy for him to say he already had children. Hannah had no child. But not only did she not have a child, she had someone that was provoking her constantly, rubbing it in that I have children and you do not. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. Of course, I don't know Hannah or Penina, but Penina was a petty woman. She was the kind of person who would get under anybody's skin because in the beginning when I was reading this story and I have read it so many times and every time I read it, I feel the same way about Penina. I literally just want to grab her and shake her. I mean, I might have wanted to do a little bit more, but we're going to keep this, you know. I was really irritated at Penina and her behavior. And this is sometimes how, as the children of the Almighty God, we have to learn to control our tempers. 
We have to learn to control our mannerism, our behavior when it comes on to other people because people will be people no matter where you go. And I learned that as a child, that was something that someone else taught my mother. And every time I got frustrated with someone and I would run to my mother, she would always tell me that people will be people no matter where you go. So you have to learn self-control. So that's another word for someone today. If you have something or someone that is just rubbing you in all the wrong ways and getting under your skin, though it is not the word for today, it is the word for today. I need you to practice self-control for your light should so shine that other peoples would see it and glorify your father in heaven. Now we're going to go back to Hannah here and recognize that even before Samuel was born, before God favored Hannah and gave her her request in prayer, she was already favored even with her husband. Penina had the children, but Hannah was the favorite wife. We see that Elkanah loved Hannah in a different way than he loved Penina. And maybe that was a part of Penina's reason that, I don't know, maybe there was some jealousy there because, I mean, I wasn't there. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. And there's a possibility Penina could have probably just been jealous over Hannah for he saw or because she saw the love that her husband had for Hannah that was greater than the love that he had for her. But either way, the point here is that we see that God had favor upon Hannah even before she could see the favor with her own two eyes. And that is one of the things that we suffer with a lot until we see it we honestly have a problem believing it. And because Hannah wanted a child, she did not see anything else that was happening. That favor, that love from her husband would not satisfy because there was something on the inside of her that she wanted that was so much greater than the love of her husband. And that was a child. But I just want all of us today to take the time out and to just look at the way in which God has blessed us, even outside of the things that we've been asking for. He has favored us today, even if the only thing you can think of is that you have life and the ability to hear the sound of my voice. I need you to understand there is someone who is no longer alive today and there is someone else who is alive that cannot hear me so already through the gift of hearing you have been favored you have been blessed give thanks to the lord so now we're gonna move forward and we're gonna read samuel 2 verse 20 to 21 Now, Samuel was ministering before the Lord, this is Samuel, Hannah's son, as a child dressed in a linen ephod, which is a sacred item of priestly clothing. Moreover, his mother would make him a little robe and would bring it up to him each year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman in place of the one she asked for, which was dedicated to the Lord. Then they would return to their own home. And the time came when the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and gave birth to 
three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew before the Lord. We are looking at Anna who or Hannah who had no children, zero zilch, no children. Now we have gone from no children to six. Now, this is the part that I just want to point out. And I want, I want you to think about this today. It says the Lord visited Hannah. This is the Lord redeeming the time for Hannah. Everything that was lost, everything that was stolen, opportunities that have been missed, they were returned to Hannah. Every single time Hannah had to sit and weep and bitterly grieve for she had no child. This was no longer her story. This was a woman that rose from a place of not having of emptiness, barrenness to having six children. She offered up her first son to the Lord and he blessed her and she still had more daughters and sons. This is what it looks like when the Lord God redeems the time. Nothing is ever lost. Nothing is ever as though you will not have it. It is not stolen. It is replaced and replaced as though it were never missing to begin with. Hannah has six children. And for some of us, maybe we have been waiting on the Lord for the same thing. Maybe it has been that we've missed that opportunity for the right job. Maybe it's that you've missed the opportunity for marriage. Maybe it's that you've missed the opportunity for having children. I don't know what it is that you have been robbed of or you feel like you've missed an opportunity. But what the Lord God is saying, just as he did for Hannah, where he allowed her to be from a woman of nothing to a woman of plenty. It is the same thing he is about to do for his people in this season when he redeems the time. This requires nothing of you. This is not you redeeming the time. This is the Lord God Almighty redeeming the time for you. And that looks like you being still. And when I say be still, I am not telling you to just be lazy and do absolutely nothing with your time. Of course not. We are going to continue to work for the kingdom of heaven for we are the children of the most high God. We will stay in a posture of alignment with the will and the word of the almighty God. So we remain in obedience to him, but we give control over to him in this season so that as he redeems the time, he will visit us and allow the things that we have missed to happen in our lives. Now, the last but not the least point that he gave me was once he has spoken the word, it cannot return null or void. So we're going to go to Isaiah 55 verse 10 to 11 and it reads, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, making it bare and sprout and providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Let's get this straight. God is redeeming the time. That is the word. 
And what he is saying to us is that the word that he has released, that he is redeeming the time, it will not return null or void. You will not miss out on any opportunities once you let go and let God be in control. Once you stay in alignment and obedience with his word, he will not allow one word from his mouth to return null and void. Almighty God, as we come before you this day, we thank you for who you are as our Lord God Almighty. We thank you that your word is not like ours. You do not break promises. You are a God that is in control of every situation and circumstance. So if you have said you are redeeming the time, that is exactly what you will do. There will be nothing missing, lacking or broken over the life of your people. For Father God, you will allow there to be plenty in the place where there was none. So we worship you. We give you all the glory, the honor and the praise that we can boldly enter into your throne room. We can ask for the things that we need, knowing that you will supply them, but also knowing Father God that you will never leave or forsake us. So we thank you this day for redeeming the time, for allowing Lord God all things to come back in full circle so that nothing that we have lost will remain in that position. We thank you, Lord Jesus, once more for everything that you are doing. And we ask you for the souls of our family members and our friends that are yet to know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that you would draw them to you, draw their hearts and their minds to you, Father God, so that in this season, they too would be able to experience the redemption of the Lord God Almighty, the time that is being redeemed over our lives and also over theirs. Once again, we give you thanks and we acknowledge you as King of Kings and Lord of all. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Touring with God. My name is Tony with an I. I am your host and I will see you next week. But Before I go, I actually want to say something. We have a TikTok and an Instagram, and they're both Touring With God. And I also have an email address, touringwithgod at gmail.com. Please feel free to send me an email if you have a question or if you want a Bible. I have these Bibles here still, and I want to give them away because I have tons of Bibles for myself. So please, if you need a Bible, feel free to reach reach out to me and let me know. Even if you need it for someone else, bless someone with the gift of a Bible. Reach out to me, touringwithgod at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me once again, and I will see you next time. Bye.